Hi everyone, I'm your host, Jaco Selka, and you are listening to Hopefully Sustainable. Each week, I'm going to talk to extraordinary people who are doing extraordinary things to make the world a more sustainable place. My goal is for this episode to leave you feeling hopeful about an idea, a person, or the world in general. Thank you for joining me in this conversation, and all together we can be hopefully sustainable. Hi friends, thank you for tuning in today. I'm really excited about this episode because Elizabeth is a really passionate and enthusiastic person when it comes to sustainability. She has incorporated sustainability into places where it didn't exist beforehand, such as sorority and fraternity houses on the University of Georgia campus, and now her workplace at Equifax. I think this episode is a really great example of how you can find ways in your daily life to incorporate sustainability, and small changes can really add up to make a big difference in the end. So while you're listening to this episode, I encourage you to think about places in your life where you can incorporate sustainability similar to how Elizabeth did. Now, let's get to the show. Today, I am sitting down with Elizabeth Doherty, and I first met Elizabeth during our time at the University of Georgia, where we both interned at the Office of Sustainability. I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation because Elizabeth has incorporated sustainability into some really unique places on campus and now into her workplace. So before I give away too much, I'd love for you to introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about who you are. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jacob. I'm super excited to be here. Like she said, my name is Elizabeth Doherty. just graduated from the University of Georgia last year in May of 2019, and I am currently a Global Operations Associate with Equifax based in Atlanta, Georgia. Jacob and I definitely became friends over our time uh, as interns in the Office of Sustainability, so it's super fun to be reconnecting with her. Yeah, thanks so much for being here. So to start out the conversation, I feel like a lot of people assume that to do sustainability and be in the sustainability field, you have to be a science major, but I know that you graduated from the business school at UGA. So how did you first get interested in sustainability? Yeah, absolutely. I got degrees in finance, international business, and Spanish, which was not science related, but I did pursue a certificate in sustainability, um, which solidified my interest and passion in that realm. But I can go back and turn back the wheels. Um, I grew up in a family that like religiously recycled. So when we first started recycling, everything still had to be separated. Single stream didn't even exist. Um, So we would separate the paper and the glass and the metal. Uh, and set it out to be picked up. So thankfully now we do have single stream, which has helped. Um, But I still wasn't, you know, like passionate about sustainability. I didn't have that fire inside me like, yeah, let's go and save the world, save the planet. Um, And I even took an IB environmental science class my senior year of high school. uh, And I enjoyed it. But again, not that like crazy interest. In fact, my credit for that class didn't count towards UGA. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to get an ECA. I'll take an environmental science class and just, you know, like, get 100. It'll be totally fine. Um, so that's exactly what I did. But during that class, I found out about the sustainability certificate. And that totally changed my realm. Because at first, I was like, oh, I can just use these classes and I'll be something um, more that I can add to my resume. But it actually turned out to be more to who I was as a person. And that next semester, spring semester, my freshman year in college, I took a environmental science lab 
and we were challenged to basically perform our own experiment and make our own change in our life to drive an impact. So what I chose was related to water consumption. Uh, I was taking 28 minute long showers. <laughs> so definitely not sustainable. Um, but throughout the course of the semester, I was able to decrease my shower time to just four minutes. And I saved enough water to fill an Olympic sized swimming pool. Oh my gosh, that's a crazy statistic. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, wow, I didn't realize just me could make that big of an impact. So imagine if every other student on UGA's campus was also doing something like that. So that was definitely my start and got my, my wheels turning about, wow, sustainability matters and I can do something about it. What made you want to pursue the sustainability certificate and what kind of classes did you get to take through that program? So a lot of them were related to what I was doing within my other majors. So um, I took a economics class. Um, the seminar was definitely my favorite class with Ron. Shout out to Ron. He's retiring this year. Um, and what, I, what was different about these classes is that they were really hands-on and interactive. They showed you what sustainability and what going green meant in like a firsthand perspective. I remember we would go on field trips to recycling centers and we would see how that works. I realized for the first time that a recycling center is actually pretty manual. Uh, so that was surprising for me. Um, but yeah, a lot of very different classes within the social realm and social justice, which helped, you know, promote my Spanish major because that was more on the art side. Um, so yeah, very broad and well-rounded uh, course material in the certificate. That's great. So I first met you through our internship with the UGA Office of Sustainability, and you had a super cool, super unique internship position. So I want you to tell everyone what your position was, because I think it addressed a really interesting aspect of sustainability. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I loved my role. I was a Pi Beta Phi in college. Um, and because of that, I decided to pursue a Greek life internship with the Office of Sustainability. Um, and UGA's campus has around 7,500 students who are involved within Greek life. That's about a quarter of all students. So it really reached a significant portion of the on-campus students who attend UGA. Um, and what that position meant was that I was supposed to and responsible for encouraging and motivating and empowering all of our, you know, 45 plus fraternity and sorority chapters to have the tools and resources to recycle. Uh, and thankfully, it ended up growing into more than that as well. So it was absolutely a great, great experience. And Jaco herself was one of the sustainability coordinators that I worked with uh, from one of the chapters that we had involved. Um, so it, it was a really, really cool experience. Um, and I was able to grow it, you know, from just a few chapters to nearly like 90% of all chapters being involved. And that legacy of sustainability has continued as a new Greek life intern has stepped into my place post-graduation. So um, really, I just you know took that seed, planted it, and, and watching it grow. While you were the intern, what was the process like of getting sororities and fraternities to join the Greek Goes Green program? So uh, a lot of it is communication. 
I know that with fraternity guys, a lot of the time it was texting them personally, one-on-one, or texting them with a friend so that if the friend responded, then they felt more obligated to respond. Um, The sorority girls were definitely a little more easy to communicate with. They would respond by email. They would come to the meetings. um, So they were pretty, pretty easy to work with. Um, But yeah, I think it's mostly figuring out how each individual person works, what motivates them, how to hold them accountable, whether that means, hey, we're going to set a chapter goal for you to attain by X date, or if that means, hey, I'm going to give you autonomy to do what you think your chapter needs, and you just keep me updated with what you need from me. So we did have a group meet, which um, we had a lot of communication go through there. I remember one like TEP implemented LED lightings. We featured them and another sorority had reusable Tupperware that replaced all their plastic and styrofoam in their house. So we got to highlight their victories in their houses, which I think definitely helped people stay engaged. Those are super cool results. And I want to kind of take it back a little bit. So I was personally in a service sorority, which I know is a little different than the typical Greek sororities and fraternities. So could you talk about like why there was a need for sustainability to be incorporated into the sororities and fraternities? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. And actually, I wasn't the founder of Greek Goes Green. It was founded a few years before I became an intern with the Office of Sustainability. Um, but it was actually founded because a student wrote a handwritten letter to the mayor of Athens uh, asking him why the fraternity students weren't being held accountable for their actions and for their waste and consumption. And that was spurred because our fraternities at UGA host these awesome, super fun spring parties every spring semester. But they can bring in more than 10 10,000 attendees just to one event. And as you can imagine, that waste is incredible. It's a lot. Um, And unfortunately, the majority of it ends up being littered just across the grounds on on the yards of the mansions that are on, you know, South Millage Avenue and downtown Athens on Broad Street. Um, People, locals especially, were just surprised that no one was picking it up. It was just being left out um, and that they were allowed to do it in the first place because if litter isn't acceptable, then why is it acceptable for these specific students just because they were hosting a a large scale party? Um, So that's why it started. But it it actually just started Greco's Green Program just working with fraternities to engage them and educate them about their waste consumption and how to start recycling. Um, But I knew I wanted to engage sororities when I got involved because I'm a Pi Beta Phi. Um, repping my sorority sisters. So I knew that with my home, you know, holding up to 65 women in one house, that's a lot of waste that we are producing. Um, And we didn't have recycling infrastructure in our house. So if we were that way, I figured other sorority homes were also in that same boat. So uh, it has now expanded and includes the majority of all sororities and fraternities at UGA. That's so awesome. So I know that you implemented recycling in a lot of the houses, and I know you hit on it a little bit earlier, but what were some of the other programs that you saw other sororities and fraternities start to implement? Yeah, absolutely. So we definitely championed for styrofoam-free houses. I think at the end of my tenure, we had six houses who were 100% styrofoam-free. That means at events, they didn't serve styrofoam. Throughout their daily meals, throughout their chapter events, they didn't have any styrofoam. Um, So that's a huge accomplishment. And that's a lot of styrofoam that's not being used. Um, And the reason it was is because it's so cheap. And so they were able to invest in these long-term solutions that ultimately will save them money over time. 
um, because they can wash and be reused um, over and over again. So that was a really exciting one. Another one that I just started piloting my spring semester, my senior year. So my last semester with the Office of Sustainability was composting. So I wanted to test out and see if the chefs, um, if you don't know, there are chefs in each sorority and fraternity house for the most part who come in and cook uh, the majority of meals for the students that are living there. I wanted to see if I could partner with those chefs and see if we could use the food scraps and the food leftovers to become compost instead of just being thrown out. So I was actually happily surprised a lot of the house moms and house dads and kitchen staff were really on board. A lot of them had prior kitchen experience as well. So they had already composted uh, many times in their previous jobs. So they were surprised that they weren't already composting in their current role. So it was interesting to hear their perspective and see how excited they were to start composting in the sorority house. So in just a few short weeks, we were able to compost more than 1000 pounds of food waste from the sorority and fraternity houses. Wow. Yeah, it was awesome. What were the reactions of the sorority and fraternity members? I know you had representatives from each one who would implement these programs, but what was the reaction of all of the other members? Yeah, that's a great question. And obviously there's gonna be naysayers no matter what group you're in. Um, and it, it did depend on which specific sorority and which specific fraternity because um, the coordinators gave them the autonomy and flexibility to really adapt to what worked best for them. Um, so I will say most houses took their own unique approach, whether that meant hanging signage or putting a recycle bin in specific places like in the bathroom or right outside the bathroom or in a specific hallway where they got the most traffic. Um, I will say we definitely had some signage campaigns that were specifically geared to engage, uh, you know, the fraternity guys and what they were wanting, like, yeah, go recycling, that's awesome, versus for girls, like, is this plastic going into the ocean? Like, where's my trash ending up? Like, why is this important to me? So um, not to say that there's specific gender roles, but I think we are all communicated to in a different way. So for the majority, I would say, there was opposition, of course, um, and that is shown in participation. Um, so there are people who will just throw their trash away in their recycle bin because they just don't care. But when we put in those recycle bins and those trash bins that are hand in hand, they have to make a conscious decision on whether they're going to throw their plastic cup on the left side of this bin or the right side of that bin. Um, so I think that really helped to engage and empower people to start you know, being accountable for how they're consuming. I think the Greek Goes Green program is so amazing and it could really be implemented on a large scale in other colleges and universities because there's so many people who are in Greek life and it's as simple as just implementing recycling in the houses because there is a lot of waste and this program could have a really huge impact across the whole country, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I would totally agree. And um, like you said, with events, we even had event recycling. If, if every college would provide students and even just organizations, not even Greek life, with that temporary recycling, just like a cardboard box for them to bring to their events or an organic waste bin for them to use when they're serving food. Uh, I think that's a pretty powerful thing and absolutely has a, a, a worldwide impact. From my own personal experience, as you mentioned, I was the sustainability coordinator for my service sorority and I also had a co-coordinator, Daria, and from our experience, it was super fun because like you said, you got to figure out ways how you could implement sustainability into each and every chapter. So like for my chapter, we had a lot of girls 
and a lot of us were all focused on service. So we were able to hold service events that were related to sustainability, like a river cleanup. And we came out with a reusable bag that all of the girls could buy and even held a mascara wand drive because there is an organization who collects the mascara wands and uses them to help clean rescue animals. So it's really cool how you can think of all different ways of how sustainability applies to each and every different chapter. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And I remember loving all of your different ideas and your point systems um, to really engage your sisters. I want to transition now. You've graduated and you are in a different role. I think one important piece of advice that you have definitely taken is that sustainability does not have to be in your job title to have a positive impact. What is your current role and did your company have any sustainability programs or practices when you first got there? That's a great question. So like I mentioned, my specific job title now is Global Operations Associate. It has nothing to do with sustainability, no green movement, you know, no environmental friendliness tag in the in the title. Um, but I was hired into a rotational development program at Equifax, which is specifically geared towards college graduates. And we come in and we can rotate through different teams. So I'm specifically on the operations side and rotating through different operations teams. Um, we have it in finance and data teams as well. Um, but that gave us a little bit more bandwidth than what I would say most of my colleagues have. And we were also empowered to create our own committees for specifically the RDP group that I was working in. So I ended up being able to recruit initially only about a couple of my fellow RDPs to come with me. And we were just a committee to promote sustainability within these group of 40 college graduates. Um, but eventually we got interest from our director of corporate sustainability or corporate social responsibility um, and he got on board and he really helped us believe that our small tiny grassroots movement could become something bigger and something more impactful that could potentially impact the entire enterprise so sustainability is not a job title it doesn't matter what you do anyone can start incorporating even small things into your daily work life whether that means deciding not to print out an email and forwarding on instead um, whether that means recycling, whether that means bringing your own bamboo utensils to lunch instead of using the plastic ones that they provide you in the cafeteria. Um, so every individual is absolutely um, empowered to you know, bring their full selves to work and make sure that they're doing that in a sustainable work environment. And I think what you are doing is a great example of how small actions can really start to add up and make a huge difference because you came in and you saw a problem and you came up with a solution and now it's turned into this huge organization of people working to make your company more sustainable. Yeah, absolutely. So at first, like I said, it's just four of us. We had weekly meetings, we were brainstorming, we created some digital signage that we posted around the building so that when people got on the elevator, they could see, oh, wow, recycling one can could power my monitor for four hours. So it started out with just like tips and tricks like that, telling our friends, uh, and then it really grew into something more and it's blossoming, especially we launched our first ever Earth Week challenge last week, completely virtual. Uh, and because of that, actually, we were able to engage employees around the world. Equifax operates in 24 different countries. Uh, and we had we have 11,000 employees and we had over 1,200 entries. So definitely a big percentage engagement rate, which we were super excited about. And just seeing people were sending in photos of them 
going and picking up trash around their yards or turning off their lights while they're working and using the natural sunshine. Um, one person even became a beekeeper, which was amazing. So there's all sorts of different opportunity. Um, and I think we've had this time during COVID-19, even though it's weird to start exploring that and figuring out what sustainability means to us. What kind of practices are you hoping to implement on a larger scale now that you have the support of the Corporate Social Responsibility Director? So because of this Earth Week challenge, we were able to specifically target areas where I would say we have hot spots of people who are interested and engaged in the realm of sustainability. Um, so we've identified several offices in the U.S. and outside of the U.S. where we had clusters of people who responded and participated in our challenges. So our next step is really connecting each of those individuals who work at one specific site and basically giving them with the tools that we have and empowering them with what we have in order to you know, broaden that and bring that to their own specific office because you know, in my vision, I don't want to run everything for Equifax. I'm happy to help and I'm happy to train, but it really matters for people to be on the ground and to hold people accountable and to be teammates. Um, and I think that's a critical part of sustainability is that human aspect of it. So since I can't be everywhere at once, um, we're really excited to hopefully start, you know, versioning those different groups on site. And you started out with organizing sustainability into Greek chapters, and now you're organizing Equifax in all different countries. <laughs> exactly. I was like, hey, if I can influence 7,500 fraternity and sorority members to recycle, I think I can do it for 11,000 Equifax colleagues. So it's definitely been an experience, um, but it's been a great one. That's so amazing. So I think it's really incredible how you have found ways to incorporate sustainability into places where sustainability didn't necessarily exist. What advice do you have for someone who sees room for improvement or ways to have a positive impact in places such as their office? Mm, that's a great one. So I will say don't take no for an answer. And don't take that to mean that like you have to be super pushy and you know upfront and super forward and in their face. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if someone says no, take it as an opportunity and interpret it to mean maybe later. You have to figure out why someone is saying no to really target that reason. Um, and then if they don't have a reason, maybe that means you know creating a team around you like I did to actually drive that action. Um, so I would say just don't give up, persevere. Uh, find those people around you who are engaged and are interested in sustainability because they exist. I know sometimes it might seem like you're alone, but I've been so surprised at how many people want to do good. They don't want to live unsustainably, but maybe they just don't even know. So it's a lot about awareness and education and information. Um, so start with the basics, start small, start with small actions like you were talking about earlier. Um, and, and that allows people to see how their specific actions are driving, you know, bigger consequences. Thank you so much for sharing your entire sustainability journey with us. And I think this is a really great example that everyone can look to in that, like we said, small actions can add up and make a difference. And even if you don't have sustainability in your job title, you can still look for ways to incorporate sustainability into your everyday life, even at work. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we're about. Our mission is to coordinate, communicate, and celebrate sustainability at Equifax. Oh, I love that. Finally, I like to ask all of my guests, what are you hopeful about right now? 
I have been so thoroughly impressed by what's happening because of COVID-19. Obviously, human health is a very important aspect of sustainability, but seeing how the earth is adapting around humans not being as involved in the outside world is super exciting. I've loved seeing those videos of the air quality improving over time in you know, China and India and Los Angeles, seeing the waters clear up in Venice. Um, I think it just shows you how resilient Mother Nature is, uh, and that absolutely gives me hope because we haven't we haven't ruined it. We still have time. Um, we can, you know, start making change today. Yes, we can. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for being here today. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you, Jaco. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you want to learn more about today's guest or just say hello, check out the show notes and find us on Instagram at hopefully sustainable pod. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. As you finish this episode, remember that we are all on a personal journey to make the world a better place, but it's all about progress, not perfection. Until next time, stay hopeful and stay sustainable.